How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Buddy's House of Horde. This episode is a little bit on the longer side, so I'm going to try to keep this intro as brief as possible. Um, this episode's a little bit all over the place. We went into it without knowing what we were going to talk about. We knew we wanted to discuss some of the horror films we were looking forward to in 2022 and look back on some of the films that we watched in 2021. So this is sort of our looking forward to 2022 podcast and looking back at the year previous episode. Episode. Of course, the new film Scream came out, so we spent a little bit of time talking about Scream. On the day we recorded this, the trailer for Texas Chainsaw Massacre dropped, so of course we talked about that as well. But as far as the episode goes, there was no real structure to it. Um, we sort of went with the flow. It was sort of like an episode of Brain Damage, which we need to bring back. Um, we hope to bring back Brain Damage very, very soon. Um, so if you guys have any ideas of what you want us to talk about on Brain Damage, let me know down in the comments below if you're over on YouTube. If you are on YouTube, make sure you're subscribing to the show, clicking that notification bell so you know when new episodes of my shows come out and of course subscribe on apple podcast spotify wherever you listen to the show but yeah this was a really fun laid-back episode to do and we're just going to get right to the conversation so without further ado let's get spooky all right everyone how's it going first show of february the month of love Oh my god. And I had to get one of the, the biggest love makers out there, Midnight <laughs> Miles, back on the show. The, his first appearance of 2022. Wow, what an introduction. I don't think we, I've ever had such a compliment on any podcast, so thank you. It's good to be back. you kind of giving me James Hetfield load era vibes right now with the mustache and the long hair. Yeah? Yeah. Damn. Well, I don't know how I feel about that, but... You know, King Nothing's a banger. King Nothing's a banger. Until It Sleeps, certified banger. I love... Um, uh, underrated I'm... album. I've always wanted to do a podcast like with Jared. Like, years back, I was like, we need to rank the Metallica albums when there were ten of them, because the tenth one had just come out, or whatever, mm -hmm. the Hardwired, mm -hmm. and it never happened. But I would rank Load pretty high. Reload, I'm not as big of a fan of. But Load, like, bro... It has. It's good, yeah, I know. It's got some fucking tracks. Uh, I will say the one the one song uh, from that era, because I'm going to lump Reload into that, but uh, I really like The Memory Remains. When I'm at the bar, if I'm, if I'm at like a it's fucking a country bar, dive bar, small town, you know, Beulah Bar, I used to have, you know, like maybe like a set five or six songs I'd play. You know, I'm always throwing The Memory Remains on there for some reason. It's, it's a always a bar song. It's always a Jared House Party song, too. I think because it's because of me. I think because I'm like, I'm like, oh, where's that, uh, where's that, uh, playlist? And I just like sneak The Memory Remains on there. <laughs> uh, well, what's been going on, man? It's been a couple months since you've been on the show. Um, obviously, it is now 2022. Um, we didn't do a best of 2021 show, um, so I figured maybe we t sort of round things out um, from last year. Like, what were some of the the films we watched, um, albums we listened to, whatever. Just some of our favorites of the year. Favorite game. Um, I'll, uh... I, I'll take us back to October just for a minute, because I think you see what I'm drinking here. Drinking this Foster's. Um, and you pressured me to get this at Cinema Wasteland weekend. Oh God, that's this is where the, that's this is the from. same that's beer. Like an infamous can. This is an infamous. Can you tell the story of Foster's? How did you get me to get this thing? Uh, 
You said something like, "Oh, that's a that's a beer brand beer or something." That's a beer I, I, right I, there, I, bro. I I don't know. Cinema Wasteland weekend. It all kind of. It's funny they brought that up because I was looking up to see some of the events and stuff, and like films and stuff like that for this year today. Today's the first time I looked. I'm like, okay, we're about two months, a little over two months out from Cinema Wasteland for the April one. Yeah. yeah. So and. They got a lot of, uh, like, kind of like 50 schlock films are showing. So uh, a lot of, like, early Roger Corman stuff. So I feel like uh, they're really throwing it back this uh, this April Expo. You know, usually they get they try to get a lot of stuff between, like, the 60s to 80s. But four or five films from the 50s on there. So uh, I'm kind of stoked because... You know, I like a lot of the the crazy sci-fi and, you know, uh, monster movies that are, like, you know, giant, like, let's say, like, Them or things like that, right, you know, yeah. but uh, there's a lot of those that I haven't seen. The nuclear age film. Yeah, you know, yes, When we yes. transitioned out of, oh, we're going to have our monster matches, the Wolfmans and Draculas and stuff like that, because they're like, well, the shit that's scary right now is nuclear war, so you get right. your Godzillas and your beast of twenty thousand fathoms, and or your or your uh, UFO, the the imminent UFO uh, invasion that was coming yeah. any day now, you know, yeah, any day. Um, but yeah, Cinema Wasteland last year, the last weekend where I felt alive, basically. Yeah, that was a, that was a good weekend. We that was because really we went to that. Weekend. We had the microwave show the the following day, and oh, we recorded yeah, yeah. the. Random horror thoughts after the microwave show. So that was a God, I had that so was a many, hell of a weekend. I had so many good ideas for that uh, for that podcast, and I don't know. I listened to it back. A couple of them, I think. I think maybe like two of ten came out, but it was a pretty fun podcast. Probably, what would you say? One of the more fun ones we did last year because there was no that preparation. It was just yeah, it was a very spontaneous show. I'm hoping to do another one of those again pretty soon. Um, and I have, maybe it'll be horror hot takes. Cause I know you've been like, yeah, going, like yeah, you've got, yeah. you've got some stuff to say. I know. Allegedly. I was trying to convince him to maybe do a couple random things. I'm going to ask some questions too, in this podcast, we're going to be kind of going, uh, a little all over the place. I feel like with the, it's not, there's not like a, there's no set plan to find yeah. topic today. It's going to just kind of be like a little bit what's going on in horror. Like I like where, where you're going in this with like end of 2021 stuff, which is like why I'm, you know, I'm stalling right now. So I can make sure I think about all that. Yeah. But, uh, it's just going to be a kind of run, almost like catching back up via podcast, you know? Yeah. It should be, should be. Well, cause here's the thing out of the horror films I saw in 2021, as far as new releases, I was pretty underwhelmed in general, underwhelmed. just with, because, like, I was, like, scrolling back through my letterbox the other day, and out of, like, the new release horror that I saw, there was, what, like, four or five, and most of them we've talked about already on yeah. other shows, like... Um, Brain Damage, we kind of went over the two, I'm not going to say the two biggest ones, but two of the bigger ones, Malignant, which I absolutely loved, and then Candyman, which I also really enjoyed as well. Yeah, and then we talked about Halloween Kills as well. Right. Um, but the only one we didn't really talk about, and it's borderline if you would call this a horror film or not, and we saw this together, was Titan. Yeah. Which I, I was still... probably out of the horror films I saw, probably the highest quality one yeah. that we watched. That was probably, if I had to put together a top five out of the top of my head of stuff I watched last year, I'd put that in my top five. Maybe even top three. To be, It might, it really, at the time it was... It was going to be up there. Uh, what month? I think I had just... It was, it was when Dylan came up, whenever that was, like November. I think I was going to put that in the top three. 
and it still might be, but I was a really big fan of Dune this this past year. That one really, oh, yeah. I uh, really, really love that. So that was definitely, definitely probably top two. I'm not sure what my number one would be, but Dune, that could be Dune, you know. I think it was, like, my highest reviewed film on Letter. Or like, highest reviewed film. Yeah, yeah, like, I put it four and a half stars. I know you haven't, I still haven't seen it yet, no, but... As far as, like, films in general, like, for me, it was either Titan and then I like Spider-Man, but I don't think I'm ever going to watch Spider-Man again. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, it was a good film, but I'm not really a Marvel guy, I guess. I, I think it was one of the best Marvel films that they've ever produced. I mean, I, I, the Spider-Man series, this new trilogy, I know we're getting away from horror a little bit, but... Uh, really wasn't a huge fan of homecoming it's it's not that it wasn't good it was just there it's like it was just another retelling origin story and i'm like all right come on man like right i've i've seen this three times in my lifetime already this is the third time it's, it's kind of beating a dead horse for me but i really liked um what was the last one no way home or far this far from home far from home was the second one yeah okay Far From Home I liked a lot better, it, you know, like, but they kind of took everything that worked from the first one, which you should do from every good sequel, right. but they really like made it their own and made like a new film. They weren't trying to just, hey, bring back the Green Goblin, we're bringing back whoever, you know, like try to make a more original film, and I really like that. And then this one, you know, probably the, the nostalgia heavy parts were kind of why I, I was, you know, a big fan of this because, spoiler if you didn't see it, Everyone knows. There's Everyone, not, I mean, yeah, I mean, they, you can't hide it. But bringing all three t- Spider-Man like cinematic timelines together in one film is a pretty incredible feat. In my yeah, and like the thing about it that made it so great was not only was it fan service; it was like fan service while also expanding the lore and making it because, like, I don't know, like Star Wars, whatever the the Force Awakens. It's basically fan services are retelling the same. Like this one, yeah. it tried to tell its own like original story, and it did good things without just relying solely on the fan service. Yes, yeah, I agree with that. This um, is a girthy can, by the way. This that Foster's, is, bro. This is girthy bro. is the word for it. It's pretty large. It's Australian for beer, bro. Yeah. Uh, I really liked VHS ninety four. That was a good one. We didn't talk about that one on the podcast, but I did a solo show about VHS ninety four. What? Tell us about it because you you weren't in on the conversation. Tell um, us. I really. Uh, I think you were disappointed in my thoughts because I think you listened to that episode. You guys, back. I did. Are you ready? I did. You guys, uh, well, and even Jared talked about it in person. Uh, didn't you know? Really didn't like like what was it the second one where it was like the robotics and they so were it was the third lives. it was the third one yeah was it the third one okay yeah. but I thought it was good that wasn't the best one but the other three were fucking strong it's just the wraparound story which we just, we just <laughs> talked about that recently I feel like I'm having the same conversation but uh, the ending was just so bad it was like they, it was almost like they didn't have an ending at all and they're like fuck let's just throw something together real quick <laughs> right. but. Really liked VHS ninety four, Ratma, the new horror icon of twenty twenty one, the biggest star in a horror twenty one. king, yeah. Fucking the the Columbus legend. The fact yeah. that it was filmed, what in what? Or they said it was in Westerville, which is like what right. northern Columbus, or is it what? Should be west because Westerville, west but Columbus, yeah. Is it? What? I think okay. I don't know. Like the gate to hell or whatever, which is an actual thing you can go to in Columbus. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, 
I really liked Antlers. I talked about that with you like one time. That's the one that uh, who produced this was it, was it Del Toro? I think Del Toro produced this. Um, we have phones, so we're you know we're checking uh, letterbox. Oh, and David S. Goyer produced it too. Um, who produced like The Dark Knight, you know, right, and stuff yeah. like that. So, but it was a really cool kind of like. I like when horror films are set in the exact moment and, like, they're depicting what's going on in America in the moment. Let's just say because it's an American horror film. Like, a lot of it, like, the bat, like the side story was, like, talking about how small towns have been ravaged by opioid addiction and things like that. And I feel like a lot of films, maybe some dramas here and there, stuff like that, but, like, don't really, ad- hadn't really addressed that. To right. Like how it is. And, uh... Some of it kind of hit home, like, seeing places that I've lived before and seeing, like, very similar problems. But it also had one of my favorite, I don't want to say urban legends, but kind of, you know, the Wendigo. The Wendigo, bro. Wendigo. I always say the Wendigo because I think it sounds better. But, yeah, Wendigo. But, uh, I like, the full frontal shots they had of this version of the creature and, like, the gore. And I really liked it. had Carrie Russell, who I like Carrie Russell. I think sometimes she's underrated. Uh, and I hadn't seen her anything in a while, but, um, I don't know. I just really, really, really liked Antlers a lot, and, I don't know, maybe something I think you should check out. Sometime I should I think it's underrated. I know, I feel like it's, uh, it kind of snuck out at a weird time. Uh, did decently well in theaters, considering, you know, the whole pandemic thing, but, uh, I feel like more people should have been talking about it at the end of the year because it was good. So, at work, we just got this brand new board game. I doubt you've heard of it. I don't think you're a board game aficionado. but it's I am ca- not. It's called Horrified American Monsters. And I'm thinking about getting it, and we should play it sometime. It's I'm literally down. a game where, like, I looked up a little bit about it online. It's on the cover of the game. You have Bigfoot, Chupacabra, the Wendigo, and Mothman. And I think there's one other monster on there, but basically you're fighting these monsters like in the Fuck fucking yeah. board game. So, should have a board game night soon. Uh, Your boy, the done. Wendigo. Oh, the Jersey Devil. That's the other one. Jersey. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. That makes sense. So it's like American Cryptids. It's called Horrified American Monsters. I think it's called. So interesting that stuff. Good. Um, it's hard to talk about like album of the year and relate it to horror. Um, so just album, the only album this year that really, really stuck out is the, the Turnstile album, obviously. Turnstile, me. I feel like it was on everyone's list. Uh, I really think that the new Brockhampton album was probably my favorite album of the year. And then if I was going to do a top three, Nothing Nowhere, Trauma Factory, and then probably Grayscale Umbra, which is weird because it's too kind of hip-hop albums and then a pop album but that yeah. was kind of like uh i feel like it was a really good year for like punk and hardcore music though especially hardcore so many bands kind of came out of nowhere uh just because like some of the blog spots and the things that like i follow like bands in the last year like signed to a label like, you know what yeah. i mean like all like they're like hardcore definitely is having like a kind of like another resurgence right uh, especially you, you know, just saw vice ohio style. the other week <laughs> that's true it's i it's crazy that reunion, especially with like that band had a, you know all that beef of Vice New York because like <laughs> same band names. I just never thought that they would, you know, kind of resurface. But 
It was pretty crazy to see them the other week. Jared, uh, Dynamite Jared, fucking almost blew his whole shoulder out because he got flipped onto it when he was <laughs> trying to, I think, I think he stage-dived and did that. I don't, I don't know. But uh, he realized that we're in our 30s now and yeah. it doesn't work quite as well because I saw the pain on his face as he oh, was yeah. walking away. I was like, damn, bro. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, it's really... Uh, did you have anything more besides like two? Did you do top three albums or top? I don't know. I can't like this whole year of music is like such a blur. Um, there's not really too many new release albums I listened to this year. Like I got into some other stuff, but not so much new releases. Um, same with games. Like the only game that came out this year that I played a fuck ton was Resident Evil, and we already talked about that. What culture? Quite a bit. What culture said that Resident Evil Village was the number one game in 2021? I was very surprised they put it over some of the other big hitters that came out. Yeah. Especially like Halo Infinite and stuff like that coming out at the end of the year. Right. But they said Village is like the perfect way to do like a current, you know, current to next gen, whatever you want to call it, like a modern blockbuster game where it was still very exploration heavy, but it was contained enough had the side quests, had the really epic moments and the good fights. Like, they just said, like, that's how to make, like, a triple-A action-adventure horror game. Like, but even going beyond, they said, like, they, they still think that's one of the best examples of just incredible game-making on every, like, you know, right. every aspect, so. Yeah, because besides that, all the games I played were from, like, the year previous because I didn't have a PS5 until, like, midway through the year, so I was catching up on, like, Spider-Man, Demon Souls, stuff like that, but that all came out in 2020, so... I really like the new Life is Strange, but uh, I really, really like that series. This this new one, shout-out to Midnight Marissa for getting me that for Christmas, by the way, and I smashed that game out in, like, five days, which I normally don't do, but um, it's not an overly long game, but uh, that was really cool. It was a little bit... little more linear than the first two in certain aspects of like choose kind of like a choose your own adventure you know but um man they know how to grip you with the story man fuck right off the bat those games like the first half hour hour you're like <gasps> like you're you're just in it you know yeah but uh the new life is strange new resident evil i feel like there was something else i played that came out this year that was good but this last year we're in it's it's spoiler it's the 31st of, of january 2022 january 31st but, yeah so we're technically you know just just bear with us it was last year but uh but i feel like village i mean you know village really was like you know i'm a little bit partial <laughs> you know towards resident evil but it really was quite the game yeah i don't know how many fucking times i've beaten it now but it's it's a lot you it might be in the double digits you Hold a me on the game. I mean, Jesus, you really... I've only beaten it twice. You fucking... I went crazy. Did you beat it with a knife yet? Yeah. You did beat it with a knife? I beat it with... Man, the, on, the only... Look at this Giga Chad over here, as the, they like to say. The Jesus only trophy... Christ. The only trophy I have left is the one where you get, like, the triple S ranks on, like, the Mercenary, and it's just like... It's there's in, there's no way I could ever do that. I got decent at the Mercenaries thing, like, pretty good, and it was still, like... To get anything above an A, like, I think I got an S, like, once, and I almost shit myself doing it. Like, the only way I can fathom being able to do it is literally just watching a tutorial and doing exactly what that person does, which I don't really feel like doing. To get the triple S's, you would have to play probably each of the missions, like, a hundred times. I know people are like, no, no, you wouldn't, but 
those dudes getting the triple S's have the map like every spawn point memorized. And then you basically have to have all the weapon upgrades. So you're not, so like you're looking at a fucking werewolf and it dies. Like it's like (laughs) dead, 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 like one shot, one hit, you know, um, there's no other way to, to do it. You know what I mean? It's just, especially because some of those, like the one where you're kind of like at the, out in like the castle grounds, there's like fucking like 40 or 50 enemies in that fucking, I will say I'll have my own giga chad moment. I did do a fucking perfect run and killed all 40 or 50 enemies in one combo. Well, but I think I did that. I didn't I do that. I did one high one in front of you. I Jared was the one that got your fucking like 30 kill combi yeah. combat trophy. You thought I was going to get it, but I showed Jared that night. Goddamn Jared in his late night video games. The night that you I went to bed, went to and, bed can- and we stayed up. We're like, "Oh, let's play village." And I was like, I was like, "I want to help buddy get this trophy." And like then I was like explain to Jared like Keep running, you know, run and gun, right. run and gun, do this, get this. It's, and by his, like, third round, he was like, boom, boom, boom. He got the 30 comp, 32. I got 29, and I was running up right on one, and, my, and the fucking thing ran out. But uh, we stayed up. I think we played fucking Village Mercenaries for, like, three hours of your PS5 one night. I think you did, because I had to work in the morning, and you guys were just... <laughs> Just I, on the here. I think that was the latest. I left, yeah, I think I left like 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, and that's n- not normal of me as a 33-year-old man. Um, well, yeah, 20, I feel like, what? oh, film-wise, I, you talked about it, but I didn't really, I did love Malignant. Malignant, I saw it with a whole HBO Max thing at home, and... I was jumping and screaming once, you know, the whole big... <laughs> oh, yeah, because you didn't watch thing. it with the rest of us. No, I watched it by my... Or I watched it with Midnight Marissa, but, uh, you know, I really loved the Resident Evil, new Resident Evil film, and but they really dumped that into theaters. Like, no fucking promotion. I've heard horrible things about it, but you've been, you've been really been a champion of the film. It comes out, it comes out February 8th on Blu-ray... Bro, I'm going day one and getting that shit, and we're I'm gonna we're gonna have to watch it. All right. So, shit, that's only about two weeks away. Not even two weeks, eight days, eight days away, whatever. Eight but. days away, yeah. I heard it's basically a made-for-TV movie. <laughs> like to, they said, it's like to uh, be honest, they did incredible things with the fucking budget. Like they really like the film. I think was made for twenty-five million dollars, and it definitely looks like more than that. Like I was kind of when I looked at the budget, I'm like. Jesus Christ, they made this for that, you know? Um, is there some cheesy CG and stuff like that? Yeah, but I I feel like the Resident Evil and, the, like, the era, like, when I think of those games that it's from, it's, like, little weirdos, cheesy CG doesn't bother me at all, you know? I'm willing to give it a chance. So if you're if you're going day one, are you getting the four? Oh, you, you're getting the... I'm just getting the Blu-ray, not the 4K. Yeah, because you don't have the... I have the PS4 the, Pro that which doesn't Which is the dumbest play, shit ever. Doesn't play... F- I play games 4K, I have a 4K TV, I have the, you know, new HDMI cord, I have everything, but I can't play a 4K Blu-ray on my fucking PS4 Pro. Worthless. It doesn't make any sense. It's it's, it's a baffling design, because that was the whole thing of the, the PS4 Pro. Because it's 4K. Yeah. I but mean, not, the, not the disc tray. <laughs> doesn't make any uh, sense. Ghostbusters, you know, Ghostbusters is one I liked. But I wanted to love it more than I did. I did. I did. I saw it on my birthday, but I did enjoy it a lot. But it needed a little more ghost busting for me. 
need a little more ghosts and a little more busting. A little more ghosts and busting for me, but it was still... I teared up when the original gang got back together. Spoiler, you know, for, for a scene. Was it worth it, Paul Rudd turning down the role in Halloween Kills to be in Ghostbusters Afterlife? <sighs> Financially, yeah, probably. But Paul Rudd... He doesn't even really feel like a main character in the film. He feels like the supporting, supporting actor. Like, he's like the main family's summer school teacher. So, uh, already when you're a summer school teacher, you're a little bit of a scrub. So, you're, you know, he gets to take the mom out on a date, and he records seismic activity and accidentally blows up his car, and that's it. Oh, he gets chased by uh, fucking one of uh, Zool's dogs around the Walmart. Interesting. That's his best. So he has he has probably about 20 minutes of good shit in the film. I so, see. I don't know. So do you make the right choice? F- financially, you said. Financially, yeah. I'm sure he made the... I'm sure they added an extra mil to do the fucking Ghostbusters. But, man, it would have been great seeing Halloween Kills, you know? It would have been really fucking cool. Yeah. Excited for... The final chapter coming out this year in 2022. Um, so sort of as we look ahead, we've already had one major studio blockbuster come out in 2022 already, which we've both seen. Um, and we'll talk about some other stuff that's coming out this year that we're looking forward to. Um, but let's just get right into it. You saw Scream. I saw Scream. And I think we can both agree that it's pretty fucking good it's pretty fucking good it's pretty awesome uh i got kind of annoyed because i went opening weekend with like some people i will say some, some people some what does the, that uh, mean some some of the some of the different instagram pages i'll say in the horror community kind of uh bashing the film saying it's you know it's nothing like wes craven and blah, 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 stuff and i'm just like bro I'm gonna. I'll hot take it right now. Scream, excellent idea. It's a really fun series. Ghostface became an icon, possibly besides Jigsaw, maybe the last horror icon. If we're being real, um, I don't know. Sam's getting there. He needs another film under Sam, his belt. Sam would have been there. The fact that there's not a trick or treat trilogy by now, at least, is is baffling to me. Because I know that that video release did insane numbers, and it's. He makes money. You walk into a spirit Halloween, he's everywhere. Yeah. Like, it's mind-blowing. They haven't made another film. But, anyway. But, Scream 1's great, and it's been a while since I've seen 2 or 3, so I, you know, I was going to try to watch everything again. I'm not forgetting 4, by the way. But, uh, man, Scream 2 and 3 don't, don't, don't really do a lot for me. I'm not going to lie. I'll throw that out there right now in the air. I'm not, uh... Well, as I said, for the horror sequels or whatever, I rewatched Scream 2 because I was like, oh, this has got to be on the list. Like, it's bound to be on the list. It didn't make the list. Like, it didn't really do anything for me either. And I've only seen 3 and 4 once, and it was a long time ago, like, when they came out. And I I, 4 was fine. I like, loved four, was, 4, actually. 4 was fine. I loved 4, actually. And 3, I was just like... Come on now. Three, <laughs> Come on. Three is probably the worst. In my opinion, three is the worst. Three is the worst out of the series. I just felt like it wasn't like a Friday the 13th or Freddy versus... I'm saying stuff. Freddy versus Jason, the whole thing. But any kind of like Friday the 13th, uh, Texas Chainsaw, which we'll touch on in a little bit. 
um, stuff like that where they can find ways to reinvigorate the character of the stories. Like, it just seemed like Scream was like almost like one note, and they couldn't get, just couldn't come up with anything else, in my opinion. Does that make sense? Am I being too harsh on the series? I don't know. I don't think you're being too harsh, and I mean, you've been vocal in the past that Scream is like towards the bottom tier of the slasher films you enjoy. Um, so no, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Um, and this one, although I do think it is a great film, I mean, it still has its problems. Like, obviously, yeah. like, there's a lot of strange things in it. Um, if you haven't seen the film, I will give away some stuff. So, I mean, if you don't care about spoilers, um, keep on listening. And if not, go see the film because you should see it while it's still in theaters. True. Um, but yeah, um... That girl was fucking buff as hell when she was Ghostface taking out uh, oh, Dewey yeah. in the. Th- that was the only yeah. thing where I was like, "Was it I- him or the boyfriend?" Though I thought it was the, the boyfriend. Boyf- the right boyfriend there. was there with them. Oh, that's yo, that's true. So that was I, that's where I start. Because here's the thing: the film made it like blatantly, obviously, it like was, right at the beginning. The boyfriend was, had to be. I was one like, of the killers. I was yeah. like instantly like, okay, that's at least one of them, and then. But when she was in the hospital, given what's David Arquette the business, former WCW World Heavyweight Champion of the World, giving him the business, I was like, there's no way it's that frail little girl. Uh, It was. I will say... Got shot a billion times and was fine. True. Well, okay, didn't they show when she was in the glass cage that it looked and you could see like where a bullet stopped, like she was wearing a bulletproof vest? Like under, like the cape opened up, like a little bit opened up, and you could see, wasn't that? Or did I? You might have looked a little too, cl- like you might have looked closer than I did. I was because I, I think that was what they said. That's why I would imagine she would have had to been wearing something because she got shot like four times. Yeah, she <laughs> was pretty point fucking blank too. Like it's not like uh, he was missing. Um, it was very meta. You know, it was very... It got a little too meta towards the end. It did, yeah. Because I was like, they just kept going on and on and on about it, but it was fine. In a lot of ways, because this was a reboot, it technically wasn't called Scream 5, but it... Scream 5. And they made the joke about that, how it has to be the... The soft reboot slash sequel. What what do they call it? They called it The requel. The requel, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, which I feel like I've heard that term used in another film, I had too. never heard that until this one. Really? I had never heard it called that, yeah. Um, that's kind of where we're at. We're in the, we're in the, we're in the requel phase of filmmaking We're going to be right talking now. about another one, a trailer for one yeah. in a minute, yeah. Uh, I really liked it, though. I honestly thought, like, like I, uh, you know, I'll take this one on the chin, but I really think that either this or four is the best sequel. Like, I, I really like. So I really like four. four but. I really thought four and five stories to me were just really good. Like some of the things they did, even this one. Uh, like you said, when when you're talking about the scrawny girl killing Dewey, yeah. uh, they tried really hard to really throw the blame around. And like honestly, the way this sets like to like who the second killer right, could be. Right, yeah. And to be honest, e- even though I kind of had a feeling that it was also her, they did a really good job of her a couple times. I'm like, oh, it could be. The-. Like, I really, the writing, the way they did things, the way they cut certain scenes, I'm like, man, they are doing a pretty you good job. You start to second guess yourself. Yeah, like, I really bit. was second guessing myself. I thought the 
the stabbings were really brutal in this. More so, I don't know, just the way yeah, the kills, the the kills were good. The yeah. kills were like like the one where it comes out this other side of the it, neck and it's oh, kind of yeah. like playing with it, almost playing with like I was like I was like God, just some of the stabbing. Uh, it just felt almost a little too real for me. Like actually, like I was actually like not uncomfortable, but I was like, oh, this is like. My body knows this is pretty fucking violent. Yeah, you know? like more realistic. Yeah. Um, other than I mean, story was great, writing was great, um, and like I said, it does get very meta, and it gets like towards the end, it's just like so on the head that it's like annoying almost. Yeah. But like, it's even meta, like because the whole thing is like based around oh, the scream movies exist in this universe. They're called the stab movies. Is like based right. off of this. But, like, the thing that, like, really got me about how meta it was was literally David Arquette and Courtney Cox, like, talking about their failed relationship. And oh, I'm like, my oh, God. My. Yeah, and I was like, Cat, like, this happened in real life, like, for real. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a little bit, I'm, I, I heard they weren't obviously too fond of, you know, being on screen at the same time. Oh, really? Doing that. I get, that's what, that was what I was told, but, uh, I could be wrong, you know, obviously, but. I mean, you know, you're kind of forced to in that. So yeah. she's probably like, if they do another one, bring her back. Like, oh, thank God, dude. Yeah, I don't <laughs> yeah. see that fucking asshole again. Yeah. Um, well, today, the big story, I guess, out was the Texas Chainsaw. Uh, we'll call it the requel. The reboot. The requel. The, requel. the Texas uh, Chainsaw Massacre requel. Uh, which trailer is, dropped today, and it comes out in three weeks. Comes out in three weeks, doing the same exact thing these other films have done. Um, literally, I'm watching the trailer, and it's like, 50 years ago, I'm coming back for him now. I'm like, oh my god, so this is Halloween it's, again. That's the, <laughs> like, yeah, that little, was, that was the big, it was just, it just felt so blatant. Even the way they, <laughs> even the way they cut the trailer and some of the shots, I'm like, and like, now, now they're all like, uh, Harlow's or whatever, like. They have that mini like downtown area, and I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, it's their Hattonfield. Like it's like, look, yeah. like it's like, oh now now he has a, a city, a little abandoned city to fucking roam and kill people in, you know. Um, I liked how different the mask was though from like all the other. Oh movies. yeah, it looks, like yeah. I, I thought it looked cool. Um, just looked like absolute shit. Like it'd been aged legit fifty years. Like looked bad. Uh. Well, oh, the I don't understand. Obviously, the story yet. We don't understand the story yet because it's just the trailer. But everyone is being bussed into this town. Did you notice that the old old time bus? Yeah, because Every- it's like just rebuild a the, new community. community and like, yeah, and they're like it's kind of a weird concept. Concept because yeah. like first of all, it didn't look like they had done anything to the town yet and they just dropped like 30 <laughs> fucking people off in the center of it. Uh, they didn't even know that the one house was obviously occupied, which seems to be the main group of uh, characters just walks into. Yeah. And, For you know, like reason, it's, yeah. it, I, I will say the Texas Chainsaw films have, have a very interesting history and all sorts of ups and downs, but so far from this trailer, this story looks like it could be one of the weirder ones. I'm not really sure what the fuck is going to happen. I know it's going to be bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know that instantly. Um, 
and not just because Netflix is doing it, which has a big part of it. I know it's going to be way too Netflixy. We get that from the trailer where you literally see everyone putting fucking Leatherface on like TikTok Live and like all oh, this yeah, shit. That like, was at the, so at the end of the bus. That was like the trailer. I'm like, oh, I like this trailer. And then they did that with all the fucking phones. Like, I'm trying to cancel you, and I was like, holy, f-. like it just kind of ruined. I'm like. It just ruined the whole vibe. Like I'm just like, but then it did show Leatherface chainsawing someone into the, yeah, that roof was of the good. bus. So yeah. I'm like, oh, thank God it redeemed itself. So I will be getting trashed. I will watch it. <laughs> um, but I'm hoping it's so bad it's good. Like I don't think it's gonna be. You can call it a good film, and that's hard to say that because just basing it off of essentially like the first trailer. It is the first trailer. I hadn't even heard that they were doing this until recently. No, they released that like. Not a trailer, but that poster, like, 2020. Because what's-his-face from uh, the guy who directed the Evil Dead remake and did Don't, the Don't Breathe films? He produced this, and I think he helped write this. So he was attached. Everyone had big hope, like, oh, this is going to be the return to form for the series. But I saw it I had a very, very troubled um, production. I was doing a little bit of... Yeah. Re- like, the directors left or something, yeah. and they... Had to get someone else and didn't like where the story was going. Like, I guess, like, they had it all done. The directors were like, all right, cool, bet, we're going to make it. And then, like, a couple weeks in or whatever, they, like, completely changed, like, the ending part of the film and they dipped, basically. So That's, yeah, that's a pretty poor sign. <laughs> uh, Leatherface had, like, the last actual sequel, the le- the new Leatherface, not the one that was Leatherface, Text Chance on Massacre 3. Right. Um... That had the uh, director who did fucking the French extreme film Inside that I'm a huge fan of. I think it was the director did Inside. Or, I, oh, maybe it was the co-directors of the original Martyrs. Now I got to look. Sorry, guys. We're professionals. I got to get on Letterboxd fucking. Uh, it's just weird because, like, even though I know it's not going to be good, it's hard to, like, place where I think it would go with the other sequels because they're all just so all over the place. Right. The second one's a parody. The third one is more... It's... I don't know. I like the film. I like the third one a lot, but it's kind of just like... in that weird 90s slump that we've talked about on the show before where it was like... good horror films for a few years there were not coming out at all. A couple of these sequel like, franchises would, like, pop one in every year, you know, you'd get, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy's Dead, then they're like, oh, well, maybe we can do a fucking Texas Chainsaw 3 this year, then the next year is, like, you know, uh, Halloween, uh, The Curse of Michael Myers, you kind of get that weird early 90s where it's, like, once a year they tried to throw a horror (laughs) film out and just see what stuck, but, um, yeah, yeah, the directors of uh, Inside... And they did stuff for ABCs of death. But, I mean, they the thing is, like, they've had people that should have been able to make A the Texas Chainsaw <laughs> yeah, films, like, promising producers or writers or directors, and then you just hear the production all goes to hell because there's too many fucking hands at the bottom. But Lionsgate produced Leatherface, and they've had, an, you know, I think they've been pretty notorious the past handful of years fucking their own productions up so <laughs> the whole hell sounds great the whole hellboy thing where they just fucking went in and redid so many parts of that franchise and stuff uh 
just killing just killing good properties you know yeah but uh we'll see we'll see what, what it is it's probably gonna be shit but yeah. i'll check it out though i mean i'll be i'm not gonna judge it too harshly until i see it um but yeah i don't think it's gonna be good um the only one i actually like truly think front to back is a good one is the first one um, and even then, I don't think it's, like, top tier or anything. Like, I appreciate it for its historical significance. I like the way it was shot. Um, Documentary-style feel. It feels... It's probably the most real, like, horror film I can think of off the top of my head at this moment. Yeah. Um, and that's something, like, the sequels that they just never nailed because it always looks, like, way too slick. Blair Witch Project's pretty real looking. I don't know. Well... <laughs> well uh... I love the Blair Witch, by the way, everyone, for the podcast. That but. isn't found footage. Okay, like, it's yeah, the yeah, yeah. Film that's, no, I, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I know. The, between the documentary style and stuff like that. Um, George Romero, The Crazies, is pretty... It still looks, I guess, pretty fucking... It has a very real feel because it's like something that could 100% happen. Yeah. Last time I watched that was February or January 2021. It's about a year ago, and I'm just like... God, every time I watch George A. Romero's The Crazies, it just gets better and better. But uh, when are we gonna watch the uh, the Lost film? A mute the amusement park. The amusement park. Yeah. I haven't watched it. I know. I, I do want to watch it. It's I know on, it's on Shutter. I know some people haven't been a big fan of it. I, it's weird having it released after his death because he probably, you know. A lot of a lot of times, just like with musicians, when something wasn't released while they were alive, they didn't really want it released, you know, for whatever reason. Um, but it is it would be cool to see a piece of history. It's it's kind of shocking that I have not seen it yet, to be honest. But it's been out for over a year. Right? Has it? I, think. I don't know. Um, Fear Street was another big thing in twenty twenty one. Oh yeah, we watched casuals. It. I didn't. I, I, I didn't watch the third one, but... You still haven't to this day. I still have not watched the third one. I probably will one of these days. Well, because originally, we were, that was supposed to be the debut of Brain Damage. We were going to review all the films, and then... Classic Us, though. I think you guys want to watch it on a Sunday night at fucking, like, 11.30. We watched like, it We watched it in, like, Beulah or something, and you were Oh, yeah, because Jared's like, oh, yeah, you got to drive to Beulah to watch this. I'm like, <laughs> fuck, yeah. I probably never laughed harder in my life, and was like, no. And <laughs> just like, fuck, yeah. I don't know. It was weird... But then I think you were going to watch it and we were going to do the episode, but then Jared decided the films weren't going to age well and no one was really going to care about the episode. Uh, yeah, I guess maybe I'm the first person that talked about them since they came out. But they were the first two were fun. Uh, there was some really crazy gore. Where it really wasn't what I expected the Fear Street series to be, but it was fun. That was like a, that was for a minute, that was a big little horror. A little resurgence in like yeah. July or like whatever yeah, it that was. happened. Yeah, yeah, like July. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, if you remember the first two, you may as well round it out and watch the third one. But I don't know. I want. Can you to. even recall the first two? First one was well. It, they have the two sides of town. The one's like the shitty side of town, and it's like cursed or whatever, and like the rich whatever other yeah. side. There's that like bus crash and like the one like the car crashes with the bus, right? Uh, you tell me. I guess I, you're remembering more than I do. And then the it's uh, coming back to me now as you say it. The the sunny side, sunny side and shady side. Side, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, I remember obviously a second one because they're at the the 
uh, the summer camp. Summer camp, and they kind of have like the camp like slasher, you know. Um, but the one in the '90s, they go in the supermarket at the end, and it's all crazy, and that girl's head goes to like that cake cutter, <laughs> yeah. and meat cutter, whatever. It's fucking crazy. Um, then the other ones like in the uh, Crucible times, and yeah, it's like what sixteen sixty six is yeah, what it's called. Six six six, bro. Um, it's cool that Netflix does that stuff sometimes. It's just like put out different horror properties because it's fun. But the problem with them being on Netflix is they have like it's just like regurgitate you forget about it 15 minutes later have we talked about bebop on any of the shows before i don't think so i don't think so because you loved it (laughs) i cowboy bebop the anime is in my top three shows of all time which round not just anime shows just like just just to clarify for the audience shows yeah shows yeah and my top three is x files daria and cowboy bebop and like the order can kind of rotate um but I just love – and I, the thing is like a lot of – you and Dynamite Jared are decently big anime fans, I would say. <laughs> Did you just call Jared a decently big anime? He's a big anime The, the biggest weeb on the planet. Well, I mean he, he's not compared to some of the fucking cats that go to like – you know, he's not LARPing outside of Circle K or something <laughs> right now. But so he's bigger but, fans. But, but he would be. Uh, he – if it was a Final Fantasy LARP, he might be out there. Uh, but I really think that Cow Bebop is probably one of the animes that's aged the best in regards to just the storytelling is so fucking good. And the way that even though half the episodes are story of the week, they manage to kind of find ways to make the main characters grow and then it weaves into all of their individual like storylines and story episodes and I don't know it's just a very satisfying show and it's a show that is just excellent to rewatch like I've re- I'm on I'm watching it right now with Midnight Marissa so she can watch the anime cause she watch the live action and this is I rewatched it in 2020 cuz I'd got the Blu-rays literally as the world was shutting down it was like yeah it's like work. We were worried about work shutting down and stuff, and I went on that Friday and bought a new hard drive for my PS4 and bought a because I had like a gift card or something and bought a new controller and then bought Cowboy Bebop on Blu-ray. I was like, all right, had a bunch of food stocked up home. Like I'm ready for the pandemic. Let's just yeah. fucking do it, you know? Yeah, um, I know what you're saying though. Like it is like Adventure of the Week, but there's also progression. Like it's not something that, like, I mean Sailor Moon. Like they do it too, but like. I feel like in some shows, like it's like Monster of the Week, but your characters are the same at the beginning as they are at the end. And Bebop, it's not really like that. Biggest example, Inuyasha. A show that I, I liked when I was a kid, it started, and then you just realize that it's fucking 100 episodes of Monster of the Week and him crying about Naraku or whatever. And he's just like, never. And multiple movies where they think he kills him and then he just shows up at the beginning of the next movie. Like, it's just like... It's just everything that I feel like is is wrong with some of the, uh, you know, manga or anime of the anime of the week things because it's like you you can miss. It's just the most filler shit you've ever seen. If the monster <laughs> if the monster literally is like a fucking half dead water snake that week, you're like, oh, I'll just shut it off. Like I just don't need to watch this shit this week. If the next week he's a zombie with a big sword, you're like, all right, yeah, let me see this fight real quick. Yeah, but like. And I feel like anime nowadays, for content's sake, has gotten, you know, there's more animes now that 
have 100 episodes, 200 episodes, 300 episodes, like stuff like right. that, where before it one was like... One Piece never ending, yeah. W- one Piece never ending, yeah, where they just had 1,000 episodes or something. Something insane like that. Uh, but, like, you know, back when Dragon Ball Z, you know, was hitting like 276, whatever, in America, I think it's 292 in Japan, something like that. Like, you're like, oh my god, that's like a crazy, you know, all these story arcs and the characters evolving, you see Gohan grow up, you know, all this stuff. But then there's a lot of shows that are that like nowadays it's like monster a monster b monster c monsters the person's still crying if they don't know if the girl's in love with them like 70 episodes deep and you're like bro stop like please like i don't know that me i don't like anime uh as much as i did when i was younger because i feel like the writing and the animation for me has gone downhill you need to watch Attack on Titan. I know. It's literally in like i'm literally getting my mind blown every week and Miles is like oh what are you talking about I like I'll, literally so many fucking interweaving stories that like I don't know how they didn't have this shit planned out like from episode one until now just like the way that things like come together like it's fucking nuts and like if you, you haven't seen Death Note yet either have you I read oh my god I read, I read some of Death Note I read uh I don't even know but I read a certain amount uh and I didn't see the Death Note film either uh and I like the director but um it's just a couple of these newer ones I've kind of just... I, I do know the Death Note story, though. But, I mean, some of these ones I just haven't spent the time to watch or read. I mean, there's too much content out there nowadays. We have to... I, I, I don't you work. Gotta, you gotta I got watch stuff Monday, to do. You, you yeah. gotta watch Monday Night Raw I know, Raw the, joke, the, the joke of watching Monday Night Raw. <laughs> I already told you my, my big thing is, thank God we live in the modern era with DVRs, with the ability to skip commercials... I don't start Raw till 9 or 9.30 on a Monday, and then I get to the segment that I know is going to say, and I just hold the fast-forward button. In 20 minutes of my life, I just, I'm there. Then I watch whatever segment, hopefully AJ Styles or whoever's on, and then they're like, oh, uh, there's going to be the 24-7 title, Chase Address. I'm like, skip. <laughs> 10 minutes go by. Oh, great. Oh, here's a tag match that was the same match as last week. Skip. And then I get to, you know, so... And realistically, out of three hours, I probably watch an hour of Raw, uh, and I haven't even been watching SmackDown lately because, fuck, I you know I actually have a girlfriend in the past year, so I, uh, Friday nights are a little more. Uh, sometimes I have more going on, so even if it's just sitting around like this last weekend where I sat around and watched fucking uh, Friday Thirteenth remake and headbanged, uh, which. Could be a good segue into something we are going to do to maybe remind people this year. You got you see my box set sitting over there. I see it. I whipped it out. Um, you mansplained the whole series to your wife. Allegedly, I mansplained the whole series <laughs> to my wife when she had asked me a question, and because I she was like, well, "What was that doing on there?" And I was like, "Oh, well, me and Miles are going to be rewatching all of them." And she was like, "Oh, I might want to watch them." And I was like, saying like, "Well, it's a good thing that like none of them really like." There's a couple recurring characters, but for the most part, you can pop any of them in, and you don't yeah. need to know anything that yeah. was happening. So I was basically just going through, like, oh, like, if we watch, like, this is the ones you want to watch with us when I watch yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, apparent, she made the big joke in our group message that I was mansplaining. Mansplaining the whole... I, I wish I could have been there for that conversation. If it was under an hour, then you didn't mansplain the entire It was seriously there. maximum three minutes. Was the conversation. Because I literally just held up the disc. I was like, this one sucks, this one's okay, and whatever. So realistically, 
It was five to eight minutes. It was no, five. It was five to eight minutes. Uh, I'm very excited for that uh, podcast. And you've got a head start. You watched a couple of them already. It so. will be the Lord of the Rings extended cut of podcast. Of podcast. That's all I have to say. The most iconic. Just even look at that box. Did I? I did you get? Did you buy this? Did you pre-order the box or no? I didn't. You have the the, the mega in, version. I have the fucking the box that they sent the movies in was this giant because it came with two posters. So I pre-ordered it, and it came with this giant. They made a custom shipping box <laughs> for this set, and I saved that fucking shipping box. And sometimes I just open. I'm like, this is fucking dope. <laughs> it's just like shout factor on side. Friday thirteenth, fortieth anniversary, blah blah blah. And it's like it's like fucking like everything's initialed. You're just like, what the fuck? It's like it's like the holy grail. They're like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to your life, and they just like sent it to me. Uh, and the poster art is insane because one of them is a fortieth anniversary poster, and on the cover of the poster, it shows every single kill from the <laughs> film. I remember getting that, and I was just like, man. This is the biggest boner I've gotten in tw- when it, whenever this came. Well, this came out in what twenty twenty the box set, right? So something like because you got you got it when it first came out. I didn't get it until I, I think it came out fall twenty twenty. I could be wrong. Time's going by so quickly yeah. now. I have no fucking idea. You still got to get your replacement discs. I didn't. I know because I have. The thing is, I have the the set that has one through eight on it already. So I own almost all the Friday Thirteenth films on two Blu Ray sets. But still, you gotta get the the good release. Bro. I know the the I know the the, the, the long story is, is like they sent this, and this is partially why I waited to get it because I was like I don't know Smart, yeah. if there's gonna be like problems with it because like they sort of announced it and then it just sort of happened, and lo and behold, there were like three discs on the set that are like fucked up. It's like the part three was messed some up. Of the, some of the three D doesn't work in like one scene, and then like. I think Jason Goes to Hell was fucked up, and there was Jason an- Goes to Hell had one gore scene cut, just like out of randomly. Yeah, and then there was another one, but I can't remember what it was. But basically, all you had to do was like send like your receipt or whatever, and they'd sh- ship you out the correction discs or whatever. I gotta do it. It's just hard when I've when I've multiple. I think I have, and I've said this on one of the other podcasts, but I think I have four copies of Friday Thirteenth Part Two right now on Blu-ray at least. Uh, fuck. I just did my uh, top, well, 21, 21 through 50. 50 films, and I... Uh, on Letterboxd, go follow off, the- I, I, I pissed off probably a few horror fans of my placement of uh, Friday 13th Part 2, but it's all right. Jared definitely didn't see it, because I would have got, <laughs> got some kind of fucking hell. Uh, there's no way he looked at your list. There's, there's, no, there's no way he doesn't... I could literally be like... Jared Latsy's the biggest piece of garbage I've ever met with the worst film taste, uh, and he sucks at moshing, and he'll never hear this right now. He'll never hear any of this. Uh, if he does, I'll be blown away, but I guarantee you it's not going to happen. He's listened to a few episodes before. He's but. not going to get this deep into the episode. He's already fucking playing whatever daily <laughs> anime game he has to fucking play to get his missions in or something. I don't know. Uh... I can't even... My brain's not working anymore. Uh, I've been wanting to rank my films on Letterboxd for so fucking long. And like it's I hard. Had, it was fun. It, I wrote down... I took a notepad and just, just kept writing down films. Like, I just, like, think of things... You know, and I, so I, I sat with this big page of just 
30, 40, 50, like even ones that didn't make this. And then I'm just like, oh, would I put this here? Would I put this here? Would, you know, it's like kind of fun to do. I don't know. Go ahead, though. Yeah. No, that's all. I wanted to do it for a while, and then I like started making a list, like probably like seven years ago or something on Letterboxd. I never finished it. <laughs> What? How you? I'm such a dickhead, though. But I. But Friday the Thirteenth Part Two over Halloween, or like what's the original the, Halloween? Yeah. I well, you Friday have 13. you have Halloween Two over the original Halloween. So I, like, I th- Halloween. these are things I've come to expect from you. So okay, like, yeah. I don't like. Yeah. Uh. Just, I was just like, thank God he has Godfather One ranked above Godfather Two. That, bro. I'm so tired of people saying Two's Two's incredible, but bro. Godfather 1 is beyond <laughs> iconic. Beyond iconic. Like, what I put? Yeah, Godfather is my number nine favorite <laughs> film of all time. And it's true. Like, when I was a kid, AMC, bro, anytime fucking... It could literally be the best day of all time outside. I, I look at the old TV guide. I used to get them printed, you know, in the paper. And it'd be like, yo, Godfather starts at noon. I'd be like, well, I'm fucked. I'm not getting from noon to 3 p.m. in the afternoon on a Saturday. My fucking 14 year old ass is watching (laughs) The Godfather. Uh, I remember one of the first times they did the fucking Godfather trilogy on TV, and I hadn't seen three yet. And I was like, Mom, I I know you got to work today. Uh, I'm not going anywhere. When you get when you go to work, I'll be sitting there. When you get off, I'll be sitting there. I'm watching the Godfather trilogy today on TV. <laughs> all nine hours with commercials and all. Uh, I remember getting through the end of that and just, I felt like I fear, seriously just masturbated for the first time and like ran a marathon. I'm just like sitting there sweating. I probably have like crumbs on me from something I ate. I probably pissed myself in the middle of it and I'm like, wow. I just watched a fucking a guy's entire life the, the ending of Godfather 3 is so sad I can't spoil it, it just it was sad to me I'm just like wow I uh, still need to watch cause I got it on Blu-ray the Godfather 3 like the recut of it the one oh, that I Coppola did recut. I, knew, I haven't I watched it either it, I haven't watched it either but I got it and I don't know I'm curious to see what he does in it but yeah What's going on with your list? No, I just, just I just like laughing because like you know sometimes you look at things later and you're like, huh. One day I'll do it. One day I'll make a list of my top fifty films on Letterboxd. I did a video before of my top ten films that I rated on Letterboxd. Okay. And basically the point of the list was like because when I rate something on Letterboxd, it's like your gut reaction. Like you watch it, you fucking do the thing. So like my list was like not very reflective on what my top 10 would have actually been. My my top films, like, I have films that are rated less than certain films, but I consider that film higher. I When I rate stuff in Letterboxd, it's memories attached to the film, if it's an old film, how much I enjoyed it on the initial watch, how many times I've rewatched it, uh, and, like, little things like, if I was going to sit around with, like, a bunch of people, would I throw this on? Like, I have all these little things in my head when I'm rating a film on Letterboxd. And so so on my list, like, I might have, like, a four-star film. And then farther down, I have a four-and-a-half or something. Right. But because I also look at, like, how well in my uh, simple brain, how well I, I think the famous, like, films, like, made or if they made, like, you know, some films... And I try to make it relative, like, literally the other day I was watching, like, fucking Sledgehammer, like a fucking SOV film from, like, 82. Obviously not 
high tier, but like I'm sort of putting it on like a scale of like as far as the SOV I've seen, like where would I rate this out of the True. five? That's the other thing. And you look at genre, like like, oh my god, there was fucking this whole film was like a gore fest. I'm gonna give it four stars. It's different than rating, you know, Jurassic Park at four or five stars. You know, it's just I I kinda like you know, how much fun. Like if I had a shit ton of fun in a mindless film and it was hilarious and there was gore and there was this and that, crazy special effects, I'm gonna rate it high for fun factor. Right. Where if I'm watching fucking The Shining, I'm gonna rate it high for it's God tier. It's God tier. <laughs> bro, it's Stanley Kubrick, bro. If it's, if it's Stan Kubrick, I'm like four and up, maybe a five and all. You know, I'm just like, I'm like, yep, easy, easy. I, one of Emily's friends not only has not seen The Shining, she like was not even like aware of like what it was or what it was about. It seems. She was like, oh, it was like, is it like Stephen King something? She was like questioning it. And I was like, bro, like, I don't know. Can you imagine Stanley Kubrick was offered to direct The Exorcist. Yeah, and he was like, nah. <laughs> the, he would, they wouldn't let him shoot in England, so I told him no! <laughs> he literally was like, he's like, shoot it in England or the UK, and they're like, no. He's like, alright, I don't want to do it. Like, literally, Stanley Kubrick could have made The Exorcist, and they're like, no, it's, it's fucking fine. Like, he, uh, he was a very interesting man. Probably could have had an even more crazy career if he wasn't so fucking stubborn. Very stubborn man. But... Maybe it wouldn't have been as iconic. I don't know. Eh, what happens happens, right? Whatever happens. But Stanley happens. Stanley Kubrick Exorcist probably would have been pretty fucking rad. Let's be honest. If only. If only it might. The thing is though, it might not have had some of the crazy special effects that probably not. Honestly, the Blatty's version did. Like the head turning, the spider walk. For some reason, I feel like. Kubrick and be like, that's too fucking corny. Like, we need to do something that's not like, realistic enough. Yeah. The most realistic exorcism possession of all time. Like, you know, like, which probably would have been fucking awesome, but it might not have registered as well with horror fans as it did, even though I know The Shining's iconic, but still. You might not have made The Shining if you did The Exorcist, so. It's true. Only made one horror film. True. Uh, Clockwork Orange has some horrific moments. Has some horrific moments, yeah. That's also my top 20. Yeah. Actually, Clockwork Orange I've rated higher than The Shining now. I just realized that. Yeah, because it was in your 20, not your 21 through 50. Yeah, I put... I think Shining's 21 and Psycho's 22. Something like... I think you had Jaws at 22. Jaws was in the mix. Those right there, I mean, that's like a fucking... Those are three heavy hitters. Those are some powerhouses. Yeah. Shining, Jaws, fucking Psycho. Whew. Talk about a triple feature, man. That'd be one. I'd be sweating with crumbs on me. <laughs> I'd have a doll after that, bro. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. What else we got We got to talk about? Um, um, what else are you looking forward to this year? Because we've got Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which we talked about. Halloween Ends, which we've talked about to death and like other shows. And it will. I'm sure it will be talked about as many we get times closer. yeah probably at least two three more time podcast but uh you know i was i was uh listening to something about you know evil dead rises which is the new evil dead sequel which the article kind of confused me because is bruce campbell not in evil dead evil dead rises isn't evil dead 4 then right or is it 
I don't know. I know he's producing it, at least. I thought he was in it. Okay. Because they're saying... Basically, the, the premise of Evil Dead Rises, from what, from what I read, is basically Demons 2. Yeah, it's in an apartment building. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, yeah, then that's what... Yeah, whatever Evil Dead Rises, that's what it is. That's the joke. Evil Dead Rises, it's a high-rise. I know, yeah. I got... Yeah, it's, it's very on the nose, but... Uh, I'm very curious to see what they do with that. Um, you know it's going to be insane, like in some regards. Like, it's yeah. going to be... Even if they keep it a little more... I don't want to use the word realistic because they're fucking deadites, but, uh, you know, a, a little bit more crazy realism of the Evil Dead remake, you know? Which I really liked, by the way. Yeah. You're not... I don't know. I, when I first saw it, I was... I think I was just jaded that I was watching a new Evil Dead film on the big screen and early at that fact because I was like part of like an advanced like press thing for it. So I saw it like two months before it came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember thinking like highly of it, but then I rewatched it like once it was out on like Blu-ray or whatever and I was like, all right, this is kind of (laughs) whack at times. The problem is a lot of these retreads, remakes, sequels, requels, anything modern is... Any kind of backstory, any kind of just getting to the dance, I guess, of, like, the kills and everything like that is, like, almost on fast forward. Like, they're like, here's a book, this is what happened, Deuce, and then you're just, like, in the, in the, yeah. it's like, there's no, there's no slow suspense, there's no them discovering things or listening to the tape, or, like, you know, it's like all of that is compacted into a much shorter time. All these, all these, uh, you know... Yeah, because you just got to get to the point and then get going. Like, you can't, like... Because the thing is, everyone knows what the fuck's going to happen, so, like, you just got to do it and get it over with. Like, you can't fucking draw them out finding the book, like, 45 minutes in. Like, it has to happen, like, right at the beginning. The the thing is, though, like, I feel like there's ways to write these films to make those beginning parts interesting or, like, maybe shock the viewer a little bit more. Like, for me, like, a a good shocking start of a film, like, Midsummer. Midsummer started with like the opener and like right. like it it just had a good start and it gripped me and brought me in. Granted, it wasn't a sequel, you know. Right. Um, but I don't know. There's just some ways that it's just like I feel like because it's such a rushed beginning, first act of the film. In some of these that are like like we said, the remakes, the sequels, whatever. Now that makes them more forgettable because, you know, but maybe that's just because we already know. I mean, like you said, we already know everything that's going on, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't have a list in front of me of what else is coming out this year, but I'm hoping we get some good shit. I'm really excited for the black phone that comes out in a couple weeks with Ethan Hawke. Did you see the trailer for that? What's it called? The black phone. No. About the guy that kidnaps kids and puts them in a basement and he wears a creepy mask? No. Oh, and Scott Derrickson directed it who, well, he did the first um, Doctor Strange film, but he did, um, he did Sinister. So oh, okay. He's, he's reuniting with, reuniting with Ethan, with Ethan Hawke again and do. So I think, to be honest, that's probably like in my top three films of the year. So I'm pretty excited for that to come out. I was excited about Texas Chainsaw. Now I'm, Obviously, I'm kind of on the fence, but I'm, I want to see it. But the fact that both of those are coming out in February, I'm like, all right. You know, we already had Scream, which Scream was 
going to be one of the bigger, if not, I don't want to see the biggest because Halloween ends, but top probably top three biggest horror films this year will probably be Scream, you know, I mean, from that kind of standpoint, wouldn't you think? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, big franchise coming back after a long period of time. We need a fucking new Friday the 13th. I'd I love th- to see it. I'd I- love to see a new Nightmare. I think Robert the, England's not going to be around forever. I think we got to crank one more out. I, Especially if they're doing the fucking requel thing or whatever. I mean, they like, said they said I thought New Line's probably a maybe a bullshit press release or whatever, but New Line said after they got done with the fucking like Conjuring trilogy and then finishing up Insidious, they were going to work on a, a new Nightmare on Elm Street. It was like the next big goal for like their big horror like series. But Insidious 5, I believe, does come out this year or end of the year or maybe beginning of next year. But I thought it was the beginning of next year, but I could be wrong because I haven't really been following it too closely. But Patrick Wilson is acting, but he's also making his directorial debut. He's actually directing this one. Oh, God. But <laughs> what? We'll see. We'll I guess. see. Actors turn directors. I mean, some of them, it works out very well, obviously. Um,. But maybe, maybe we'll hear some rumblings of it by the end of this year about like maybe them like a new, you know, like a new nightmare like script floating around or something. Yeah. But Friday the Thirteenth finally just like got all of its legal battles figured out. So I wouldn't be surprised if this year something's someone's got to be pitching something. It's <laughs> it's been this year's been thirteen years. I think it's like thirteen years in a couple weeks. I think. The remake of Friday the Thirteenth came out February thirteenth, two thousand nine. I know two thousand nine. Like I said, I just watched it under a week ago. Uh, Perfect nipple placement, baby. The the most your 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 favorite scene of all time. Miles has been basing his personality around that scene the past (laughs) thirteen years or however long he said it was. Uh, It's funny because I forgot the other things that he said in the film because it'd been a while since I seen it, and he goes. He says something, and Marissa was just on the ground rolling. Then he says something like, "Your titties would win in a titty contest, baby." And I forgot that he <laughs> said that, and I was like, "Damn, that's almost just as iconic." I still need to rewatch all these films, but I can comfortably say that the remake might be in my top five. The remake is really brutal and really fun, and. A lot really goes on in it because it's kind of like a remake of like the, the first, first three. Like, three films in a little bit of a way. Um, that beginning part when he sackhead Jason before the opening before the actual like title screen. That's God, my, it that, still hits. It the still best hits part. So the hard. best part of that fucking film is the random title card like twenty minutes in. Yeah, it's <laughs> so le- yeah, like, it's legit. Like it's like so it's, far into. It's the like film. comedically long. How long it takes for the title card to come up? It's basically they shot an entire Friday the Thirteenth Part Two inspired short film, and then they're like, "Oh, by the way," and then they go <laughs> on. You know, it's like what's a mix of the first three, but it's just like it's crazy. Um, yeah, I'm really hoping that for like a new Friday the Thirteenth because there's been two of them that almost happened. I still think the sequel to the remake that was pitched was a Friday the 13th set in the snow. So, I know it's a summer camp, but I think there's ways they could do the story to do that. You have people break into the camp in winter. So they're like, yeah. alright, no one's gonna mess with us, or whatever. We can sleep in this cabin and have a campfire, all they, this they stuff. Can I, haven't, 
They could yeah. even do a hunt, do one that based with like adults. Like I mean, we, the whole thing is based on Jason. It's not based on the summer camp. Like yeah, it doesn't have matter. a group of hunters. Like people are on a hunting trip, and they come across Crystal Lake, and Jason's like, "You're on my fucking property." Like just right. like that's all. That's how easy the story writes itself. You like, just it, need Jason. Yeah. Uh, and maybe you know having I, I well, fuck New Line New Line I just gave you the fucking script just there you go write it I just <laughs> just attach the just, hunters just, just attach it no because I mean look you could have guys that are like se- more seasoned outdoorsmen or people that have guns have things trying to fight Jason and if you're gonna keep him maybe a supernatural light could come up with some pretty cool shit I mean Hatchet did it Hatchet. Uh, fucking Victor Crowley fought off like an entire SWAT team and <laughs> ripped their insides out in front of them. So, oh God, I'd love a new hatchet in, in 2022 or 2023. I gotta say that. Yeah. But, uh, we trying to wrap this up probably? Uh, yeah. I mean, I figured, I think we, we're at a good stopping point. There's going to be, you got something else I to say. I got one. I got a final, I got a final thought to end this beginning of 2022 podcast. What are three, and this was something I wanted to bring up earlier, what are three either horror shows, films, books, anything, just, you know, just three, like of any of those video games, things that you want to either watch, read, do in 2022. It doesn't have to be new, just something that you've, something, and I'm going to answer the question too, something that you've put off for years almost like a confession of like something you want to finish before this year is over so my new year's resolution for this year actually was every month i wanted to watch an iconic like film like not necessarily doesn't have to be a horror film but like an iconic film that i've never seen before so that was my goal so like i've got some horror films like on the list that i've never seen um like i've never seen last house on the left um, like, there's just some just, like, random just, like, horror films that for some reason I just, like, has eluded me. There's a lot of films that are on my list, like, not necessarily horror that I want to watch. I want to watch the What We Do in the Shadow Show. We watched a few episodes of that. What, what'd you think of that? Yeah, what'd you think of... Well, cause, I, that like, was another I, thing I was going to bring well, on the podcast, like, but yeah. Well, because, like, I loved the film, and I was like, alright, they're doing a show, and, like, in general, I don't watch a lot of shows, because I'm more of a film person. It's like, all right, I'm going to sit down, hour and a half, and it's done. Yeah. So, I don't know. I might watch the show. It was, it's nice because the episodes are only, excuse me, 25 minutes long. So, it doesn't feel like such an investment. Yeah. Every episode's not an hour or 49 yeah. minutes or whatever. But, uh, I'm watching that still currently. I'm just getting through the first season. Um... Really enjoying it, enjoying the new characters that they, you know, because it's like different group of vampires. But um, I finished the Day of the Dead show, and I really liked that. Surprisingly, I didn't think I was. I, when it started, it was like a little raw, a little like mid two thousands TV for me. And then the writing, all the interwoven storylines, I'm like, ah, oh, all right. And then the fact that it was at the ten o'clock hour, so the gore, like, yeah, them hitting zombies with cars and their bodies exploding zombies eating people's brains out of their heads like it's a fucking cereal bowl i mean i don't know i really like the dead series anyways i don't know like there's a lot of films that i want to watch this year shows there's no books off the top of my head that i want to really read this year um basically because i haven't really been reading anything um 
but I still got to get you over here, and we got to crank out some of these Resident Evil games. Soma, too. I want to see uh, Soma, man. You got to play Soma this year, We'll dude. play Soma. Uh, we got to play... There's so many things that we just want to do. It's just finding the time to do it. Live streaming me playing Deadly Premonition all the way through, to, uh, obviously. That's <laughs> what all your viewers have been waiting for, uh, listeners. But, uh... Okay, so you got... I'll take Last House on the Left, because Last House on the Left, I love that film. So, okay. Some of the games, Resident Evils, that's good. Good you're good making progress with the horror games as we've done the podcast about. Yeah. Um Yeah, what, what was there wasn't really a third one, was there? What we do in the shadows. Oh we'll true. See. Oh yeah, okay, that's good. Yeah. T V T V game, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I wanna finish the Phantasm series this year. That'd be a journey. Cause <laughs> that'd be I've I've had a few friends that just are obsessed over it love it people i wouldn't expect love that series love it and i rewatched the first one again in october and i don't know i really enjoyed it but i always feel like i want to love phantasm more than i do like it should be one of those films i absolutely love because it's so quirky and all the different parts it's like all all different parts it's like it's like oh these are things i love but when the pieces are put together with that, I just something's missing for me. I don't know what it is. I watched the first Phantasm twice last year. Wow. Out of nowhere. Because I watched the first one because I finally got a free trial for Shudder or whatever. And like I was like, the first time I saw this like years ago, I was like, alright, I don't really know if I get this. Like it's kinda like out there and stuff. So I tried to do it because they have like the the Joe Bob's last drive-in or whatever. Oh yeah. So yeah, I was yeah. like, alright, I'll watch it with Joe Bob. Hopefully he'll keep this grounded i'll know what the fuck's going on and made it fucking worse oh, <laughs> really? he's just like so off the rails and then i watched it like jared had it on at his house for some reason or whatever so i saw it twice this year it if you want to have a good time read the letterboxed reviews for phantasm Fant- no i'm serious it's I, I got stuck the night after i watched it in october i was reading reviews on phantasm on letterboxd for like 10 minutes after because people literally act like it's the, it's the, like, they're like, yeah, it's a metaphor for this. It's just like the breakdown on there. I'm just like, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a film on Letterboxd where so many people had so many, like, varying degrees of reviews. Like, it was, it was kind of interesting. But I'd like to finish all those, um, rewatch some of them, finish, like, I've never seen the last couple. But, um... Even though the tra- the trailer for the fifth one that was made so many years later, <laughs> the trailer's so fucking bad for Ravager or whatever it's called. It's just this talk about bad CG. Like literally, is one of the screens where the fucking balls coming at the screen, and it literally looks like a the fucking like PS one early level fucking CG. I'm like, bro, stop, dude. Like you had to put that in the trailer. Um, at least hide it until they yeah until pay, they, yeah, until they until pay they, for their fucking yeah until ticket. they got yeah or, or or they bought the fucking. $10 on-demand rental or whatever the fuck it was because it was, you know, came out same day on-demand. Um, but I'd like to read... I have a lot of horror novels on with, like, certain um, authors. So there's a lot that I've been, like, kind of sitting on. A lot of Clive Barker. Um, I'm reading Clive Barker currently, a Clive Barker novel. Um... I got a bunch of Brian Keene novels part of the way last year, which I've already read th- three of his books. 
And I got a second copy of one of them that I absolutely love and I gave you as part of your, your Oh, the joint. haunt. No, Ghoul. Ghoul, that, that's ghoul. what I meant. Yeah, yeah. It, Which I watched the trailer for, the chiller film. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I rented that when it came out. The, pro- the, well, the problem is it's nothing really like the book, but uh, that's fine. Um, yeah, I told you, I think, but the book, I read the book in my parents' basement and then fucking made me cry at the end of it. I read the first chapter because my wife was reading it first and she read the first chapter and she's like, you got to read this. They're going to have like sex in a graveyard or something. Yeah. It's... And I'm like, this is such a Miles book instantly. Oh my God. <laughs> I feel like when that came out, if they would have made a film about it, like it was like too early. Like it's one of those, like the stories, like as seventies, eighties, like throwback of like when the author was a kid and like, you know, kind of a fictional story set in that time, which now obviously stranger things is out. We had summer 1984 as strange things coming out, which I absolutely love. We have a lot of these filmmakers like doing throwback stories to their childhood. Right. So it's become more commonplace. But when the book came out, it wasn't that we wasn't what that was going area, on. Yeah. So, um, luckily, I read it before a lot of these things came out, so it felt very nostalgic. And I think you, being a monster kid, some of the stuff they describe in the book and like yeah. the way they talk about stuff, you'll be like, "Oh yeah, I really." Yeah. <laughs> and it, like the kids, like the kids, they do a really good job uh, of like really drawing you in, you know, but. And then you see them as adults later. I know it's kind of it-esque, but it's sad. But um, read that if you get a chance. There's your book. Read that if you get a chance. Okay, read. gotcha. Uh, you don't have to. I don't expect you to. He's not going to read the book. <laughs> um, but I do want to finish uh, some of the stuff I have. I have one of Jack Ketchum's last novels that's been sitting on my coffee table for a while, so that's what I'm going to try to do next. Uh I should say a horror video game because I champion them so much, but... Has oh. there been that much coming out recently? I did get that PS3 that we've talked about in another podcast. I'm finally going to sit down and finish the original Dead Space because it's a travesty that I haven't. So I'm going to throw that on there. We're doing that. Um, I guess that's three. That's three things I wanted to... That's three. Phantasm yeah. series, finish Dead Space, read yeah. some more horror novels. Read some books, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to be pretty much it for this episode. We're going to have a horror hot takes episode coming out pretty soon. Maybe we'll record that, like, next week or something. And um, Whatever you guys want to see, let us know. Um, get in touch with us, um, and we'll we'll talk about it at some point. I'm excited for the horror hot takes. We'll I know you are. You've been talking we'll about it constantly. We'll, we'll see about Buddy always comes up with these narratives for his fucking <laughs> these things that just that describe me to the people in such an incorrect way, but uh, it's fine. <laughs> so he acts like I'm texting him every day, like, bro, when we do this horror hot takes podcast. Um, I think my hottest take was that it's not my hottest take, but the one that I, I brought up today when we were talking about the Scream series, how I just don't think two and three are that good. I feel like they're overrated. I think three is like a widely known that it's not that good. Two, you might be able to like so. make some people upset, but I think everyone is on the same page with three. Um. Yeah. Well, that's 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 all I got. I'm just looking forward to the next one. So thank you for having me on. And yeah, so we'll see you guys sometime soon.
But that's about it for this time, you guys. I hope you enjoyed our episode of the podcast this week. Let us know what you guys want to hear from us in the future. And yeah, this was a long episode, so I'm going to keep this outro short as well, let you guys get on with your day. So have a great day. I hope 2022 has been treating all of you guys nicely, and I will see you guys back here for another episode coming very, very soon. So with that, everyone, take care and stay spooky.